Sorry, let me start this whole thing over. <clears throat> yeah, that's fine. Okay. Kelly is hissing at her vampire show. I was gonna. For some reason. <laughs> which which show? Xander, you can put that right in. I don't. I just I well, I want to see that in person. That like no, a you vampire don't. comes on and then she's just. I just heard Kelly's no, she's not? like she's do. I thought she was like she was making that pss, pss, pss noise like you do at cats. No, she's she's hiss laughing at Vampire Diaries over here. Oh, that show was terrible. Kelly's fucking sitting over. She's just oblivious to the world. And just. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I love you, but oh my gosh, you're a dork. <laughs> okay. Oh. oh my god! All right, let's uh, let's turn it around. <laughs> the first time she did it, I was like, she won't do it again, and then she literally did it again. <laughs> Oh, oh my god. Oh, okay, let's let's do this show. <laughs> This is the I Read Comic Books Podcast. I am your host, Mike Rappin, and with me this week, two fantastic human beings. Renee Rodriguez. Que pasó? And Kate Lamphere. Hi. Thank you both for joining me this week. I'm very excited to talk about comics with you both. But before we get into it, I've got a quick plug to make for our own I Read Comic Books stuff. Maybe you know, maybe you don't. But every other week, the I Read Comic Books Discord does a book club where we sit down and we just talk about comics. So if you are interested in just hanging out with me and some of the other folks on the on the show, jump on the Discord, jump into the book club, see what we're reading next. We're going to be talking about Abbott by Saladin Ahmed, uh, Sammy Cavella, and Jason Wordy. Uh, I think we're going to be doing that in two weeks, so that will be on October 17th at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard. So if you want to join us, make sure you get on the Discord, come and hang out with us, and then I think later this month we're actually going to be doing like a big Discord hangout where we might play Among Us and some other things. So this is a big plug for the Discord, but mostly the Discord book club because it's been so much fun, and I'm really bummed that I missed it this past weekend. So, yeah, let's uh, let's do that. Join it and hang out. But anyways, let's get into the show. Let's talk about the thing that I'm legally mandated to ask every single week, which is how have you been and how have comic books been? Let's start with you, Kate. Yeah, I've been great. Um, just in my house, uh, playing video games and knitting mm-hmm. as, as usual. Mm-hmm. Nothing has changed. Um <laughs> I've been reading a lot of comics on Hoopla, and my my library opened back up to the point where I can go and pick up physical books now, but I'm kind of limited because our interlibrary loan system in Michigan has not opened back up, so every once in a while right. I'll find something that's like, I know that like Michigan Uni- or University of Michigan has this book, but I can't order it. It's fine. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I'm not mad. That's a bummer. <laughs> I get it. Um, so recently I read... Uh, Ghosted in LA issues 5 through 10 by Cena Grace. In this, uh, a girl named Daphne moves to Los Angeles for college for her boyfriend. She follows a guy and then she immediately gets dumped. Shocker. Uh, Hmm. (laughs) So she's wandering around LA going, what am I going to do? Why am I here? Um, I hate it here. And then she finds this like B&B type mansion that has this nice pool and nobody seems to be there. So she sneaks through the gate and she goes for a swim. And then all of these ghosts show up. Um, and of course there is the, the scenes of shock that are, that are great and kind of funny. And then you find out that all these ghosts have some kind of like little, little superpower, something extra that they can do that the other ghosts can't do. And Mm -hmm. 
um, most of them can't leave the mansion. So they're all stuck there. So all of these ghosts have these these this unfinished business. And now you've got this human that can go out into the rest of the world and interact with other other humans. And so she kind of gets roped into doing these favors for all of the different ghosts. Um, of course, everything is not as, as it seems. So uh, the end of the book is a little bit darker than the beginning of the book. Uh, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. This is issues one through 10 are on Hoopla individually. I, I believe that is volumes one and two. Um, but I don't think that volume two is actually posted as a volume. So you're going to eat up like like six borrows um, on Hoopla right. to, to read this whole thing. But I really enjoyed it. It's very cute. I really enjoyed the art. Um, it's uh, really colorful considering mm-hmm. that everybody, like most of the characters are dead. So <laughs> normally with, <laughs> with uh, that statement, I would think a lot of, of dark colors. Um, and that it's really not dark. It's very, everyone's blue. So <laughs> right, right. I also read, or I should say, I also reread The Old Guard, um, Opening Fire, Volume 1, which is on Hoopla. And the reason that I'm rereading this so soon after I read it the first time a few months ago is because Volume 2 just got posted to Hoopla. Um, Yeah. So I am refreshing my memory as to the comic, considering that I have more recently seen the movie adaptation. Um, So I wanted to be ready for just like... Just what's in the comic, even though the movie adaptation was extremely close. Um, and if you haven't heard of this book somehow, <laughs> I recently talked about it. So mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. it's really it's really great. I mean, the the general premise is that there's a bunch of warriors that mostly can't die, just trying to kind of get by in modern society where everybody is tracked, you know, um, not be found, essentially. So mm-hmm. it's it's very unexpected i mean just from that synopsis i would think that it's not something that i would like like it seems like i mean it is a very action heavy book which i'm generally not into but it's great i if you haven't checked it out i highly recommend it yeah the art i think is a little bit um can be off-putting to some people but honestly i think that you should just read the book because it's fucking great like the movie that came out on netflix um which i mean funny enough that's what we're going to be talking about in a, in a bit um is is one thing but uh man the, the comic itself has a is a whole other thing i really love that book yeah i i agree completely i had a hard time with the art i almost didn't i feel like i picked this book up once or twice and then put it back down mm-hmm. because i didn't like the art but man yeah like yeah once you get in it you're in it exactly exactly i need to do a reread as well to read volume two because i've been buying the single issues i just haven't actually picked up the um or actually haven't sat down to read volume two. So it's exciting. Uh, what about you, Renee? What are you, how are you, how have comic books been? Let me ruminate on that a minute. Uh, no, I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm good. I've been doing well. Uh, comics are always good. Um, I haven't actually read a whole lot. I've been really busy with work, but I did get to sit down and read some chapters of some manga, some monthly manga that came out uh, last week and mm-hmm. also this morning, as you saw what I tweeted. So I read uh, Blue Exorcist, Chapter 125, which this is a story and art by Kazuo Kato. And the attack on the Illuminati base continues. And there's also the fight between the brothers that's been going on, which is a lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm. Blue Exorcist is a manga that's just about um, like if there was a secret order within the church that fights demons, but also like everyone kind of knows about it, but also doesn't it's weird, but it's also really fun. Um, 
I also read this series, this series that I've been reading for a long time that was on hiatus for uh, actually a couple of years before it got switched to a monthly book. And that's uh, World Trigger. And I read the newest chapter, chapter 202. And it's story and art mm-hmm. by Daisuke Ashihara. And right now they're sort of, I can't even begin to explain this book um, without spending like 10 minutes on it. Uh, <sighs> you don't have to. Basically, it's like Pacific Rim, but instead of using giant robots to fight the monsters, mm-hmm. they use uh, like digital clones of themselves to fight them. And the digital clones have powers. Um Okay. But also, cool, you know, some of the uh, some of the aliens are also like human looking people that also use those digital clones. And theirs are different from Earth. Like Earth's kind of look like Earth weapons and whatnot. And the aliens like have horns and things like that. Um, it's a very interesting story and I highly recommend it. It's really, really fun. Um, and it's it's kind of been doing a, a really slow burn, but I'm I'm really glad that it's still around. I was devastated when it went on hiatus. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad that it's back. And I again, I, I really, really recommend this uh, series. And uh, the last thing I read was uh, the newest chapter of Spy Family, which is a series that I love super. I, I love this series so much. I can't believe I reread it like uh, a week or two ago. And I can't believe we're under 50 chapters right now because it's so good. I love it. Story and art by Tatsuya Endo. And the latest arc They've been doing like a, a a weird underground tennis match thing. It makes sense in the story. It makes sense. It doesn't sure. make sense that I'm just talking about it. But one sure. of my favorite things that happened with it was during the tennis arc, <laughs> the U.S. Open and the French Open have happened. So this is a lot of tennis, a lot of really just comical things. I love Spy Family. I can't reiterate this enough. Everybody should read it. Ugh. All right. I mean, that's one I actually, I think I reread the first three chapters of that for some reason. I was for and our episode with Brian, right? Yeah, that was for our episode with Brian. And I was like, yeah, you know what? This, this book is actually pretty fun. I, I think I just need to sit down and just binge everything that's come out because it, it is a really fun book. Yeah. You can do it in an afternoon. It's great. It's an excellent yeah, read. Exactly. Especially exactly. if it's, if it's raining out, light yourself a candle, grab a cup of tea or, or coffee and just enjoy some spy family. Yeah, have have some tea and a nice little slice of family life espionage and assassination. It's mm-hmm. pretty good. It's a perfect pitch for it. Um, for me, uh, let's see. I I've been all right, but very busy at work, um, which means that I have like no drive to sit down and read, um, with the exception of One Piece. Um, but I did manage to sit down. Um, all the X of Sword stuff has started to drop down on upon us from the great skies above. Um, all praise be to lord apocalypse or whatever his new name is which i think is um (laughs) so (laughs) um so i read uh the i read the x of swords creation issue but the book i want to talk about is x factor number four um i was talking about this on the discord um had some i don't know i have some weird feelings about it but ultimately like i really don't know if i have much more to say about this other than like we have a beginning of a story here folks like this is definitely the opening chapters. We're establishing things. It feels like every tournament manga I've ever seen, which isn't a bad thing. Um, everybody's involved. Everybody's going to get a sword. Well, or like a dozen people are getting swords. I don't remember. Everybody who is anybody is, it feels like they're pulling all the, the teams in and they're all going to have their specific parts to play. Um, I think this is this might actually be a pretty darn good event. 
Um, I'm feeling hyped about it. I'm feeling excited about it because it's stupid, but in a good way. Um, yeah, I don't really, again, I don't have much else to say. I just am excited for some X-Men to find some swords. So X-Factor number four is just trucking us along. I have to buy a Wolverine book this next week, even though I'm not buying that series. Oh, well. <laughs> um, yeah, I, it's, it, you know, it is what it is. I, I genuinely think I can't really assess it beyond that um, until we get a few more chapters of it. Uh, because, it, like I said, it's a manga at this point. It just happens to be crossing over between six different books or eight different books or something so we'll we'll see how it goes but uh the other thing i read was immortal hulk number 36 and 37 um i if you're not reading this book uh you really really should be i think we've talked about it plenty of times um i like the direction that ewing is going with the leader as a character like my only experience with the leader as a villain for the hulk was from way back during world war hulk where the leader shows up in like a side book. He's not even like a primary villain in the story. He just shows up in a side book. And I remember thinking like, what an interesting character or what an interesting idea to take like this gamma radiation thing and spin it out its head instead of creating these brutes like Abomination and uh, the Hulk and, you know, some other characters. Instead, you create this super smart character, like a, a Brainiac style character. And I think Ewing taking that idea of gamma radiation, making someone extremely smart and then twisting it on its head like he has been with the rest of the Hulk mythos um, with the green room and the green doors and adding the leader into the mix of things really starts to add another layer of complexity to the story that I'm enjoying quite a bit. Um, so if you, if you, like I said, if you haven't read immortal Hulk, like get on it. I think it's one of the best books that Marvel's publishing right now. Um, and it's completely independent. Uh, they catch you up to speed and all the Hulk stuff you need to know. And then you go from there and you just let Ewing take the wheel. And it's fantastic. Um, Joe Bennett's art is still spectacular. I do miss his, his horror transformations that he's been able to do. Um, we haven't gotten those in the last two issues, but you know what? I'm, I'm fine. This book is amazing. Um, and the last thing I want to talk about real quick is my one piece update. I feel like we need to have a theme song for this. So Xander, if you could just drop in a clip of the one piece theme song here, that'd be great. I'm on chapter 927. Um, if you're not caught up, um, minor spoilers, the team is on Wano. Um, and I'm in the middle of Luffy and the gang playing samurai and fighting folks. And uh, there was a big fight with a dragon man. And holy smokes, guys, I don't know how this book keeps going. And yet it keeps going. I know, Renee, I'm not even there yet. I'm not even caught up, but I'm getting there. And at this at this rate, I think I'll be definitely caught up. Um, I hear that One Piece is taking a little bit of a break because um, Oda is sick, which is unfortunate. Um, but I'm excited to get caught up nonetheless. So that's that's my update for the week. Let's uh let's jump into comic books. We're excited about this upcoming week. Comic books are dropping on October eighth, two thousand and twenty. What are you both excited for this week? I am going to jump back to you, Renee. Sorry, I was laughing at Dragon Man because I know you know his name, but I, I do. <laughs> I, I, but I, I'm, I'm trying not to spoil it for the one other person that I know who's I know, catching up. Just, so I was just fantastic because it's like <laughs> you're not wrong, but. It's, <laughs> I know the context and it hasn't been explained really. Yeah. And I don't think it ever will be because I don't think that there's actually an answer other than I wanted there to be a dragon man. in this <laughs> book. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Oh, manga's beautiful. Oh, anyway, uh, I'm excited for, um, uh, it's a new series. It's called our blood oath. Uh, chapter four is dropping this week and, uh, story and art by Kazu Kakazu. Uh, 
it's a new Shonen Jump series. Like I said, it's only got four chapters out, and it's about yeah. uh, vampire brothers fighting monsters. Although technically, only one of the brothers is a vampire, and the other one is his human sacrifice. Um, oh, yeah, it's not as it's. It, they explain it in the series. It's not actually as dark as it sounds, but at mm-hmm. the same time, like it is. Um, but it's pretty interesting, and it's a uh, it's a series that I, like when I read the first chapter, I was like, you know what, I definitely want to no more which hasn't been happening a lot lately with the new series that have been coming out uh i'm also just really glad that it's not another gag manga because they're just listen they're all up in there there's so many Prime i like Bear a good got, one Ghost Rider got canceled and nothing nothing is sacred so <laughs> man i got through i got through the first chapter of that and i could never get back to it uh, yeah, see, I think you're you are a representation of the majority of manga readers that are outside <laughs> of our Discord book club or outside of the Discord because the Discord we were like on Sundays we were like yo what's up with TPG um, <laughs> and now it's Kaiju number eight that's our new our new go to that one is good too I yeah that one's pretty solid Kaiju number eight. but okay blood our our blood oath chapter four chapter gotcha. four yeah I li- okay. I like it I like it I've got I've I. I have high hopes. Very cool. Uh, well, Kate, what about you? What are you excited for this upcoming week? So I've talked about a series called Castle in the Stars by Alex Alice before. Um, yes. Volume four, uh, A Frenchman on Mars is coming out. This is a Franco-Belgian oversized series. All of the books have like a pretty low page count, but I mean, it takes the same amount of time to read a volume because the pages are larger, I feel like. Um, and the art is watercolor. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, I really, I feel like this series kind of belongs in a different genre. I mean, I read a lot of Western comics, so maybe that maybe that's it that I just don't read enough Franco-Belgian comics to really, yeah, yeah. Um, be used to that kind of I don't know otherworldly quality to the artwork. Um, <clears throat> There's like a whim, uh, like a level of whimsy that exists yeah. in those books that you don't see in Western books. Yeah, I agree. Um, the general premise of this is that there is a chemical or a, I don't know, a gas called aether that means that ships can go into space. Um, and it, I mean, really, that's, I mean, the whole book is about aether and the quest for aether and the, um, the use of it. And it, it centers around one boy who's, whose dad, I think he's disappeared in the first book mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. so anyway we're on to, to volume four so of course they they've gone to space a little bit and uh they are french and i assume that they go to mars <laughs> <laughs> um i i did read volumes one and two um a while ago i think i actually have checked them both out since then and reread them and i finally got volume three out from the library and prep for volume four um so yeah, I am just I am just in this. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, I also wanted to to bring up uh, the Dragon Prince Volume One Through the Moon. This is mm-hmm. the same Dragon Prince that is the TV show on Netflix. This this book is by Peter Wartman and Xanthi Buma. Um, the Netflix show is about basically if you're into Dungeons and Dragons, the elven race of the drow think that the humans stole or killed their dragon god, which makes it sound pretty wild. Um, but it oh is an gosh. animated kids show. So, uh, okay. <laughs> all of okay. the, the fighting, uh, in, in D and D is really not there or it's very, it's very, uh, 
kid-friendly. Um, this is okay. a very diverse show with some uh, well-known voice actors in it. Um, it's it's really wonderful. If you're looking for something kind of like, I don't know, Avatar in tone, this is something that I would highly recommend. Um, the book uh, supposedly takes place between seasons three and four. There are three seasons out on Netflix already. Um And I love it when a show uses the comics medium to expand their universe. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'll be checking this out. I I do think that there is a very similarly titled book that is a prose version of this same story. So if for some reason you would like a, I don't know, a less visual medium, (laughs) (laughs) I think you, I think it's the same story. So also if you're looking it up, you might find that book as well. Gotcha. Gotcha. You said it was like D and D. Do they roll for initiative? <laughs> no, maybe. <laughs> Hell yeah, maybe. Maybe could. the creators did on the back end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, well, cool. Uh, for me this week, I am excited for Far Sector number eight. This is by N.K. Jemison with art by Jamal Campbell. Uh, I don't know how to speak to probably one of the most compelling and beautifully drawn capes books that's out there. Uh, I didn't like I think I've said this before I never thought that I'd really be a consistent Green Lantern reader um, here I am reading a you know 12 issue limited series about the Green Lantern or a Green Lantern at least um, the issue synopsis seems to imply that we're going to see even more unraveling of the city enduring um, if, if you're following along that makes sense if you're not um, let me just explain I guess uh, the the premise of this book, you know, uh, Joe Mullen uh, is a member of the Green Lantern Corps. She's sent to the far end of the galaxy to act as the, quote, galactic police for the area and a city, a.k.a. the city of enduring that hasn't seen a murder in 100 years has one occur right after Joe arrives and the intricacies, prejudices, excuse me, prejudices and bureaucracy of the city unfold right in front of Joe's eyes as she begins to investigate this murder uh, as tensions rise. So do emotions, even if the population has their emotions biologically suppressed. Um, and Joe does not have her emotions biologically suppressed. And as a human, she's got all sorts of emotions. Uh, man, it's it's th- that's like a really weird way to describe that because it, that that I, I feel like that has like a weird connotation just because like she's a woman, but that's definitely not the case. She is a human, therefore she emotes. Um, and these people all have their emotions suppressed because when they don't, they be they turn into they ve- become very violent and become very like over emotional um which is why this was put in place like i guess thousands of years ago again you should read the book it is nk jemison spends a lot of time very subtly crafting a lot of lore and so by the time you get to issue eight you have all this information in your head and it is fucking fantastic um far sector this is probably one of the coolest books that i've read from the book big two in a long time and i love every single page of it like as i got issue after issue after issue into the book um i loved it more and more uh so i can't help i can't help but thank paul for recommending this book but yeah number eight's coming out can't wait and i really want to see the end of this series and then i also want to see another 12 issue series from nk jemison and jamal campbell because these books i i it's they're like some of the most beautiful books you can get in comics right now um from the big two at least Uh, but yeah that's that's me this is the same MK Jemison that does, has a lot of like fantasy prose out, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah very prolific prose um, author. But yeah, so um, we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to be talking about comic books that would make terrible movies. That's the premise. And then we're going to see where it goes from there. So we'll be back in just a minute. 
for our show this week, we are talking about comics that would make terrible movies. Now, that's an incredibly subjective thing to kind of bring into a discussion. So in order to make it a little less subjective, Renee, Kate, and I have come up with a list of criteria for creation. Um, this is a five question checklist that if you you know check most if not all of these check boxes we think that this comic could probably be made into an adaptation now that doesn't just ensure that the 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 adaptation is going to be good by any means because you know great source material can create awful movies you know i'm gonna just shout out to the death note movie on netflix it's a piece of shit um why did that even get made how did that get made i'd love to listen to that episode of how did this get made which is a podcast from comedy bang bang that i wish we were sponsored by so the five questions that renee kate and myself have come up with are one is there a niche want for it right now Uh, two does the comics message work in today's film or streaming world three can the story be compressed without degrading the story Four, is there enough story to make a full-length, 90-minute-long or more movie? And five, is there already something similar to this out there? And we'll kind of go into each of those questions as we get to them, as we're talking about some of the options that we came up with. But those are kind of the high-level things that we're looking for with all of these stories to try to make them work. Now, you could argue, Mike, but those are all subjective things, too. Well, ultimately, this is a podcast about our fucking thoughts. So you know what? (laughs) It's okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to. I'm not coming at you. It's, I feel like I'm just. I'm just hungry. I'm sorry. So, so let's let's get into this. Let's get into this. Uh, Renee, Kate, uh, I know that we kind of came up with a list of movies ourselves. Um, so, what's one of the movies? I'm going to start with you, Kate. What's one of the movie ideas or comic ideas that you had that could be made into a movie, and why would it be bad? Why doesn't it meet this criteria? So first, I wanted to say that I think that we're talking about direct adaptations, like A turns into B, as opposed to any kind of reinterpretation. So like The Old Guard or I Kill Giants or Scott Pilgrims would all be good examples of direct adaptations. Right. And and adaptations that don't meet this criteria would be basically any of the Marvel movies or DC movies at this point that have come out. Not the animated films, but the live action films that uh you know they they pick and choose from different storylines but they aren't say one to one or one ish to one um from a comic book to a movie right so thank you for that yeah yeah so the first thing that popped into my head for this was pumpkin heads by uh rainbow rowell and Mm -hmm. i i mean it's a cute story but it's definitely not complex enough for a full 90 minute movie there's just i mean there's like one or two little subplots, and for the most part, it's the characters wandering around like a a fall festival uh, fairgrounds, as it were. Mm-hmm. Like, it could be a cute little like web short or something. But man, I if if I went into a theater <laughs> figuratively, <laughs> yeah, 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 um, for this movie, it would. I mean, it would take a lot of reinterpretation to push this out to ninety minutes, right? I mean, I think this was one of our Goodreads books a while back. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so the, but the story itself is pretty pretty simple. So like, if we're looking through our checklist for this, you know, um, is there a niche want for this? I mean, it's kind of a slice of life book. I don't know if there's a big want for kind of chilled out slice of life books, right? Yeah, and it's also very seasonal. Like, I right. would reread this right now in October and enjoy it. But reading it, I think originally I read it in like June or something. Mm-hmm. It's really not a June book. Like you would have definitely a very specific period of time to release a movie based on this comic. And Mm -hmm. I mean, it, 
You'd miss a window. I mean, the window's very <laughs> short. <laughs> okay. It's just really like it's not a June book. <laughs> it's, it's not. It's that's, very that's cool. really that's really just slander right now. <laughs> well, okay, so is I there a niche? Playing. We we could say kind of, right? If it's a fall kind of slice of lifey book, maybe it's because there's a little bit of there's a romantic subplot. I haven't read this book, so Kate, maybe yeah. help me out here. Yeah, there's a romantic subplot, but it's okay. it's not it's it's not balked up at all. It's just okay. kinda there. um so we're gonna say niche want kind of. Um, does the comics message work in today's film or streaming world? I mean, it seems like you're saying this might be like a 78 minute film with credits. <laughs> I mean, maybe does 50, that work? Maybe 50 minutes. Okay. Okay. But so, I mean, ultimately though, I mean, no, then it, it probably, I, mean, I guess the message of the story, would you say that the message works? Not necessarily the length. Uh, again, like only if it is a short, a cute short for people to to watch and go, oh, that was cute, and then move on with their day. Okay, so I'm going to say long. no then. Yeah. Um, and can the story be compressed without degrading? I mean, I think the problem is that if we de- compress it, it won't be a movie yeah. anymore. <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. And so, and definitely not enough story. So ultimately we're hitting this out of the park um, because we've already said no to almost all of these questions. The question of, is there already something similar to this out there, this type of storytelling? I probably know, um, Maybe which is like... a good thing, but also bad because it's too simple, right? Yeah. I mean, the first things I think of are like Halloween Town or Hocus Pocus, but those are much more complex stories with a supernatural element. And those. Right. They actually have like a three act structure. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Not a 90 minute movie, basically. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> uh, well, then I guess. T- that so, you know, so we've, we've gone through this. It kind of makes sense um, as to how we're categorizing this i think all the questions we asked are pretty big um questions to kind of interpret but we can we can go through them so i mean pumpkin heads we're gonna say no gotcha I, i'm on board <laughs> renee pick what what's one of the picks that you had that you think wouldn't work uh i'm gonna go with we three <laughs> okay um for those of us at home who haven't read we three could you give us like a high level synopsis uh well it's about a uh, a trio of prototype animal weapons uh that were made by the government and they so it's like a dog a cat and a rabbit they've basically been put into these miniature like mechs and they're meant to be weapons for some weird reason i don't remember why Mm -hmm. uh they've also they're also able to speak but not well and they are uh i can't remember if they escape or if they're allowed to escape is the thing and they're basically being hunted down and it's a really sad that i blocked out most of this because it's incredibly sad Mm -hmm. um but yeah they're you're basically animal robot weapons that are going around just mm-hmm. living their lives while being hunted down by humanity. And it's super sad. But I think that a lot of people wouldn't get past the idea that it's animals in robots right. together wandering around. Like, I think that it would be a beautiful adaptation if it was done right. But I think a lot of people wouldn't be able to get past the sort of absurdity of it. Mm-hmm. And then if they did get to the very end, like, I just don't think it would have uh I just don't think it, it, I think it would get a little bit of backlash or like people would just be like, what just happened? I mean, yeah. And I think our big thing is focusing on this being a feature length film, right? Yeah. Also, it's a very it's it's like a, it's a one volume story. I don't think that there's enough there. I think mm-hmm. you could make a short film of it. But if like a 90 minute film, I just don't think that it could happen. Yeah. And I I 
also think it'd be just really hard to pitch to people. Most of the time when I've ever talked about this comic to people, it's one of those things where you kind of have to keep either like, you know, aggressively pushing this book on someone in a nice way, which is sort of impossible. Well, it's, Um, it's interesting because that book, you know, has such a downer ending, like no spoilers really. I mean, I think everybody should read it. It's pretty, pretty rough, but it's also really good. Um, and I don't think that, you know, we get a lot of movies with truly downer endings. And when we do, they're very rare, right? Yeah. So, I mean, the, just, I mean, going through the checklist again, you know, is there a niche want for this? Probably not. Do we need more so. depressing shit right now? Probably not. No. Um, so that's a big no. You know, does the comic message work in today's film or streaming world? Again, I, so. I don't, I don't think so. Um, can the story be compressed without degrading it? I mean, if we depressed it, if we, if we compressed it, it would be... It would be gone. It'd be gone. There'd be no story. <laughs> it's, very, it's, it's a very short thing. So I think just like Pumpkinheads, you know, like in the writer's room, people would be punching up this script nonstop on top of like what other layers can of complexity can we add to the story? Yeah, There'd yeah, probably maybe... be more animals and more fighting and more action than needs to be in the story, yeah, right? They they turn it into uh, one of the Planet of the Apes movie. You know, they get the other animals and they start building... Uh, more robot animal yeah. weapons and rise up and create their own society. And Are you saying that there's going to there'd be like a a we three verse where uh, you know we're going to see rise of the planet of the mechanized animals or something? <laughs> I was basically saying they were going to make Gorilla City, and that's the uh, that's how they introduced Gorilla Grodd into the Flash movie universe. Oh, uh, okay, okay, <laughs> I like this. So this is a bigger this is a prelude to the actual new Justice League universe. So okay, okay, yeah. If we're going to destroy a comic to make a movie that will sell mediocre you know sales like let's just go for it (laughs) sure okay okay so the story can't be compressed because there's not enough story to compress in the first place okay and again is there enough story to make a full-length film sounds like there's not not 90 minutes i think would be a huge stretch for this book then i guess the last one is there already something similar to this out there that people would want to watch or maybe that's a good thing that it's unique i think it kind of depends on the story Mm. um i would say there's definitely not something like this out there right now but Again, it's very sad and gru- gruesome. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe HBO would pick this up as a limited TV series, <laughs> um, but probably not a movie, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, so yeah. I guess Westworld, that's got robots. <laughs> yeah. I mean, technically. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, have you seen Westworld season three? Because it's far beyond just robots, I think. Now. I didn't get past the first episode. Okay. Well, Xander um to, to completely diverge here xander told me like mike you gotta you gotta catch up because once you get he showed me a clip from season three and like aaron paul is becomes like one of the main characters um from breaking bad and he like pulls up his phone and there's like a murder checklist and it looks like what you would think the cyberpunk future of the world is going to be um based off of like all of the bad things that we've seen come out of social media and like apps and stuff like that I was like, is this still Westworld? <laughs> How is this still Westworld? Um, so that was enough drive for me to kind of try to keep watching. I, I I think I got like two or three episodes into season two and I forgot about it because, you know, that's what you do. But um, maybe now that I, you know, need I've been trying to fill my time with less YouTube and more television, which like great trade off, Mike. Uh, maybe I'll come <laughs> back to it. But anyways, total, total, di- uh, you know, tangent. But so, OK, we three not going to work. Pumpkinhead's not going to work. Um, a book that I had on my list, and this may surprise some folks, is Nimona. Um, because 
Nimona for me, like for those of you who haven't read it, we've talked about it a bunch on the show, I think. Um, and I know there was some 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 bad um, press with uh, some of the the uh, creator Noel Stevenson. So like, I want to be fully transparent about that. Like, we understand that her and her staff that worked on the Shira show um, had some very bad takes and interpretations on some characters uh, that they are currently working on. So I, I do not condone that work. But as a book, you know, like sometimes this kind of stuff doesn't matter for creators. So this is just like one of the books that I came up with. Um, but Nimona as a as a book reads very quick and it's whimsical and it's got all these different things going for it. Um, but I think as a film, it would need a lot of punching up as well. Like it, it's, you know, about a shape-shifting thief who wants to become a supervillain. And so she becomes a supervillain's assistant. And then we meet the the supervillain and his arch nemesis. And we find out about a whole different story. And there's a whole bit about who actually is this character, Nimona. Um, so it's, it's an interesting, uh, movie premise i guess but i think again it would need a lot of punching up kate are you telling me based off of this thing that they're filming that movie right now is this movie gonna be bad damn it as as i was talking kate's editing in our notes doc and she posted posted imdb thing god damn it well you know what i think this movie is gonna be bad i'm just calling it right here (laughs) no i i agree with you that it's gonna have to require it's gonna require a bunch of punching up i think it belongs in the same camp as pumpkin heads where i think that it would make a very cute animated web short and if they're going to make it into a longer movie, they're going to have to add some subplots. Yeah, and I, I, I want to say that like Nimona would work as a like an Adult Swim TV series, right? <laughs> an animated Adult Swim TV series where you're just getting like little ten minute clips, right? Yeah, like an Adventure Time episode. And I think that would super work. But as a feature length film, this I don't think this book has legs. You know. Um, so I don't like going through the checklist, like, you know, is there a niche want for this? Probably. I think people like whimsical, fun, little kind of like, I'm going to be a villain, but I'm not actually that bad type of storylines. Um, you know, does the comics message work in today's film streaming world? Probably. Especially if we go animated, right? I guess. Yeah. We've animated. been kind of assuming that we would go live action, but there's no, no restriction there. Um, I mean, live action excuse me, animated feature films usually don't perform well among adults in the United States anyways, even though that's a fucking shame. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like, does this work? I mean, probably. I think, like, um, I think it would work as a niche, um, but, like, I also don't think there's enough story there. So, like, getting into the next question, you know, does the comics message work in today's film or in streaming world? Again, I think yes. Like, I think this, this comic has stuff going for it. But as far as the story being compressed and is there enough story to make a feature length? Absolutely not. I don't think you could pr- compress it without losing anything like because there's not enough story to compress in the first place and if you did compress it or even if you just use the base storyline like i don't think there's enough story to even fill 90 minutes um and again if there was if they did it would feel disjointed if they did like adapted it page to page or page you know scene to scene um it would feel disjointed because it's like a series of snippets it's not actually like a continuous story outside of the overarching story plot so i don't know have you have you seen the show hilda the Hilda adaptation on Netflix. I have not. That's because a show, though. That's that's a show. Um, that's another comic adaptation that was an- it's animated. Um, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's similar to what you're saying. Like yeah. the, every episode is about t- twenty minutes, if that. Um, and yeah, I mean, it just picks up the snippets of this girl's life. It's a kind of a day in the life comic. 
uh, or mm-hmm. show rather. It's a little supernatural, and it, the whole show builds into a full story. Like there is a full plot line. Um, if you take the show as a whole, but every single episode is a different, yeah, it's a different story. So yeah, I think that it would work as an animated show. Right. But as a short, feature film, a one. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel know. like that is a lot of what I'm running into is like, I've, I've been able to think of some comics that I keep thinking like, you can't compress the story into mm-hmm. a 90 minute movie, but mm-hmm. they've already made shows of them. So, well, <laughs> so yeah, like and Runaways think, and Vagrant Queen. Right. I actually want to address that at the, near the end of the episode. Um, like I want to get through maybe two or three more. Um, and then I do want to talk about that because I think that there's something to be said about like serialized comics becoming serialized television kind of feels like natural step. And yet for some reason we see these movies getting made. So let, let, let's go into that. Let's put a pin in that for now. Um, I do want to jump over to uh, back to uh, UK. Do you have another option outside of this whole, you know, does this make sense as a TV series? Like we can talk about that, but do you have another like comic that you think would be a bad movie? Um, yeah, I've been reading the girl from the other side. I think you've read a lot of that too. And mm-hmm. I haven't read everything that's out yet. I think I'm about halfway through it, but it's, it's a really cute move or, or I'm sorry. It's a really cute comic series that revolves around this girl. That's um, being kind of raised by this quote unquote outsider who thinks that if he touches her, she's going to get some kind of disease that turns her into more or less kind of like a monster. He's, he's, I think that he's referred to himself as a monster a few times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as you like the first two or three volumes is just their life together. Um, and it's really cute. But as you progress later in the series, it kind of becomes this sort of uh, exploration of the world and it, and it gets darker. It's like, mm-hmm. why why are these outsiders? Why do these outsiders look like this? Um, why can't they? Why aren't they allowed in the city? Why are the humans afraid of them? Um, is, is there something more to this girl than just being a human that's trapped outside that nobody like none of the humans will take in um so i think that there's there's a lot of nuance to this that i think could get lost in a movie if it's not you know reinterpreted in some more obvious way and then i don't i don't really know where it would fit in terms of a a genre because it focuses on this this child but it becomes such a dark story that I don't think that it could possibly be a kid's movie. Sure. I, I, you know, I actually disagree with you here, Kate. Okay. Um, well, you've read more than I have. So, well, I, I, you know, I've, I've only read four, four, I think I started the fifth volume. Um, that being said, a lot of this, a lot of this book is kind of like comicking for the sake of comics, which like, isn't a bad thing. Right. Like there are pages of just kind of like walking and like, you know, nonverbal action and things that are kind of not I don't want to say drawn out, but they are like long um, for good reason. It's it's emotional beats. It's things that in comics take a long time. Right. In terms of pages and panels and stuff like that. But in movies take seconds. Um, My thought is that I think that. Like, if we're going through the checklist, right? Like, is there a niche want for this? I think this kind of borders on the edge of... It's definitely not for kids. The comic's not for kids, right? Um, I think, does this... Is there a niche want for this? And does the comic's message work in today's film and streaming? I would say yes. 
in that it is it would be a film that would be kind of suspenseful but has a wholesome message in a weird way yeah um i think it's it would be very strange it would feel like children of men right where in children of men that movie's dark and it's scary and like it has this message of hope despite all all else like despite the horrors of the world and i think that's the same feeling i get from this comic um like i think it would work and like today do we need that <laughs> do we need the, the a message of hope <laughs> among all else and in horrors around us absolutely right um i think that like the story getting compressed would work i think you could get rid of a lot of the i don't want to say repetitiveness but a lot of the like similar scenes where we kind of slowly learn things um turn them into you know your your movie standard of rule of threes to try to figure these things out um you know like the introduce the idea of the outsider uh touching the little girl's skin like in the first 10 minutes of the film and then just leave this big question mark on it until the end now of course this kind of like takes the manga and then just like takes it however long it's ever going to be and compresses it down but i don't think that that would make a bad film um so like yeah i guess in my mind i think there's a two hour and 10 minute long live action film here and I think, like, you know, adding to the last question of, is there already something similar to this out there? Um, sort of. Like, I threw out Children of Men because that's the first movie that comes to mind. Um, but the idea of, like, a suspense thriller that has a hopeful message is rare. But I think that when it's done properly, it's a great film. And, uh, you know, again, Children of Men is my go-to reference for this. Uh, so th- that's my argument for it. Now, okay, I'm, I'm totally here to, to hear your disagreement with that if you think that i'm wrong but um that's just my my first take on this no that's um yeah now that you've kind of chopped it up a little bit like um like that i i can agree with that that's really inspiring actually now i want to see this movie really bad (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think it could be if they did it um live action i don't think it would be that hard technically because there's not i mean for being a a supernatural-ish book it's really just the character designs and they mm-hmm. could almost do those without CGI if they wanted to for the most yeah. part. Um, so yeah, if you've got a good, a good makeup artist and um, you know, found a, found a good child actor for it. Yeah. I think it could mm-hmm. be a, a really good movie. I think that they would have to cut out most of the first, at least the first two volumes, possibly the first three volumes. And that would just be like um, your opening 10 to 20 minute sequence which would be would be the first couple volumes i mean there is some exploration stuff um with the outsider with teacher um and you know the guy who the the other outsider who's kind of like fucking chaos incarnate and like the wolves that he has and all that i mean like and again you if you slim that down i mean again you'd need you'd need nagabe to answer all the questions and have all the answers for the you know the the producers and stuff like that depending on what kind of ending or what story you wanted to tell right you could establish a world of lore and then only make the story about you know how the little girl gets saved right or you establish all the lore and then you actually reveal it all in the end i mean we love that here in the united states uh, at least our movies make it seem to think, think that we do um so <laughs> It's just a matter of like what type of story you want to tell. But I think that this book could easily be compressed down and make a compelling movie, um, even just exploring one single facet of the story. So like that's that's my thought. True. Yeah, 
Yeah, so I think you'd have to cut out quite a bit. Yeah, you'd cut out a bit, but I think you could still get a a, a solid film without losing the like energy of the manga. You've convinced me. (laughs) Yeah, we did it. Um, Renee, what about you? What's another pick of yours? Oh, 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 so many. It's so difficult. Um, But I'm going to go. uh, This is just the gut feeling that I have. Literally any manga being adapted for an American audience, I think, is just going to be bad. You know why? Because every time we have done a manga adaptation for an American audience, we have dropped the ball, and I just am not ready emotionally to handle that. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Don't make me say it. Well, okay. we well, <laughs> No, no. But like all of them are failures? Every single one? I think that's pretty broad of a statement. Can you name one that was good? Wasn't wasn't Big Hero Six in manga? I believe that was an American comic. No, I think that was a Western comic. Yeah. All right, all right. You know, I think Alita Battle Angel did moderately well, actually. Yeah, I like I, that one quite a bit, actually. I didn't see it, but you know, uh, I heard that it was good. It's on my list, definitely. But you know what? Uh, Death Note really hurt. Yeah, Death Note hurts a lot. Dragon Ball Evolution really hurt. Oh, fuck, I forgot. Fuck, wait. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hold on, I think Renee's right, guys. I just, <laughs> I just, I don't have faith that we uh-huh. can do it. Mm-hmm. Because for some reason, we look at this well-written thing, or this fun thing, and we go, what if we changed everything about it? Because we just don't think that it would sell mm-hmm. as a story. And then we give it to somebody who, won just reads the summary of it and then goes, you know what? I have a great idea. Let's do nothing like it and change all the names. <laughs> and that just doesn't seem like that would be a good formula for a movie. Call me crazy. I mean, call, call me bold. Call me late for dinner. I don't care. I just don't want it to happen anymore. Renee, you're crazy. <laughs> uh, okay. Do you have a specific comic you want to talk about though (laughs) (laughs) uh you know what you know what let's go with the giant let's go with the giant let's go with uh berserk okay berserk is a 30 year old manga that has uh it's still in serialization and it is a story that uh is takes place in a medieval fantastical world and it follows a uh, sword for hire guts who then is brought into a uh, mercenary band that's called the band of the hawk and they follow a soldier named griffith who wishes to one day lead his own nation and then through a series of horrible horrible events things just become a nightmare and it's a very wonderful story. It's got lots of emotion. It's got incredible amounts of depth. The art in the series is fantastic. The original anime from the 80s has been highly regarded as one of the best animes ever made, mm-hmm. uh, even though the they didn't have a big budget and the animation is kind of, eh. The stories, the directors did a really good job with it, and also it's got a fantastic soundtrack. And then they also made... Uh, three animated movies that basically tell the first arc and they're pretty good, but they're kind of like uh, cliff note versions of the series. Uh, And again, they're also, it's only the first arc of the, of the actual story. So you're missing a whole lot. And the series hasn't ended either. 
But um, mm-hmm. so is there a niche want for it right now? Kind of because the, a lot of a lot of people kind of uh, have compared it to Game of Thrones and the fact that like you know it, t- it breaks that mold that you know knights were these courageous and you know honorable people but really they were you know savages and did all these things for their ambitions and whatnot and you know there's also that kind of fantastical thing in there as well like there's dragons in game of thrones whereas there's a whole bunch of demons and monsters and things in berserk also when you meet trolls you will never think of the word troll ever the same again it's (laughs) it's horrifying um okay and uh, does the message still kind of work for for today's film and streaming world? I think so. But here's where it gets tricky. Can that story be compressed without degrading the story? And the, the answer well, is no. Okay. I don't think but so. also, we also have to consider the idea of like, could you compress a chunk of the story in order to deliver a solid film? Here's the thing. the So they made three animated films for the very first arc. Mm-hmm. And even if you tried to do a... A live action adaptation of that first animated film, you are still losing enormous chunks of the story. Okay. And the thing is, the reason that the I think how they were able to do the movies is because people knew at least a little bit about the series in Japan because it's hmm. it's it's a very big, it's a gigantic story. It's very big and interesting. I, I would recommend the animated series. Uh, or the the uh, the animated movies, they are pretty good. The, although the three D uh, animation takes a little bit to get used to in the first movie, it's it's done pretty well in the second two. I haven't watched the third one, but that's purely because the content is very very disturbing. Sure. Um, but uh, to go back to that point of even condensing the first movie to make it a live action adaptation, I think would still be very difficult, and I think it would still be very very hard to condense it because of the the pacing and all the things that happen in the story and everything that is important for the characters, because the series is all about the characters and why they do the things that they do as well as having action. And it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. And I just don't think that a live action adaptation would not do the story justice. Okay. Okay. I mean, I'll take your word for it. I haven't read it. But, um, you know, it's been on my forever list. And now that I've read most of One Piece, anything is possible. <laughs> yeah, um, I would wait until things are less uh, soul-crushingly depressing. <laughs> okay. It's a very dark series. It's incredibly dark. And actually, I also lied. I said that the movies cover the first arc. That is actually not true. They cover the second arc because there's about 30 or so chapters um, in the series that are like set in the modern day and then you jump back like 10, 15 years um, in the series. So uh, I accidentally lied there, but that first arc is actually super, super dark. Um, So yeah, it's a, it's, you know, read it on a sunny day when you're in just a really bubbly mood and then you'll be depressed for a month. Um, (laughs) Great. Great. (laughs) Um, Okay. Well, um, you know, I had, you know, I have a couple more options that I was thinking about, but, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, we can go back and forth all day. I guess the thing that I do want to talk about is, you know, what we were saying before we put a pin in it, you know, you know, what is it that makes a good 
comic book movie adaptation for us, right? Maybe checking these these boxes are one thing, um, at least to get them made. But also, like, what makes some of the options that we I listed in our doc, you know, work? Like, I listed the old guard. I thought that was a good adaptation. I think Scott Pilgrim is a perfect adaptation of a long series compressed into a single film. Um, Sin City for what it is, you know, is a good adaptation in that it is just fucking pages pulled out of the comic and put on a motion picture. Um, mm-hmm. I get that. Uh, like Robert Rodriguez did a fantastic job um, basically taking Frank Miller's <laughs> comic as storyboards and then make it into a film. That's great. Um, I Kill Giants, I think, is another good adaptation. Um, and, you know, if you guys disagree with me, let me know. Um, and what, two that Renee put on here, um, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Diamond is Unbreakable, a live action adaptation. I'm going to need you to explain that in a second. And then, <laughs> Renee, you also listed The Crow, to which I would like to have words. So, yeah. um, JoJo's, what made that one work? Um, you know, I kind of explained in the other one, I Kill Giants, I think, is a good compression of an eight-issue story into a film. Um, Kate, you can probably speak to that a little bit. But explain the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure adaptation, because that's a big series to turn into a film. It is, and I I actually thought it was a very bold move when I found out that this movie was happening because, first of all, Diamond is Unbreakable is the title of the fourth part of the series. Mm-hmm. So there has already been like a ton of things that have happened in the series, but they were just kind of like, that's not important. This series is pretty self-contained. There's only a few things you need to know, and they're all explained very, very early. And it's like, even if you didn't know read anything before or watch anything before that, it's pretty self-contained and they explain everything pretty well, um, which I thought that's actually pretty genius. And they don't do this. This movie isn't the entire part either. It's they compressed about the first couple chapters of the series or the first couple episodes of the anime into the movie. And they mm-hmm. they took the fact that this is a ridiculous concept. It's a ridiculous series. Hence the title Bizarre Adventure. It's really weird. But with that, there's a lot of fun to be had with it. And they decided just, you know, we're just going to go with it. And I think it works actually really, really well. I, I'm There is a little bit of silliness with the stand battles, but the team that made it really kind of cared about the series, I think. And I think that they did a very, it's a very good adaptation, especially for the monster of a series that JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is. And this is kind of like a, this is just like, it's like having your first little bit of sour candy, you know? (laughs) Okay. You're like, you're like, this is a crazy experience. I don't know if I want more of this. This is just a wild ride in a bite-sized form, but you know what? There's still a whole container left. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you say that there's going to be like a dozen more movies or that you should just go manga. I mean, you could go manga or you could even go to the anime series. I think the anime series is really, really good. And also they have made part five, which is all done. And uh, they are going to make part six, which is uh, – I'm really excited for Stone Ocean. And then eventually we'll get um, you know the other parts. But I think that if you don't know anything about it and you just want to try – try diamond is unbreakable if it gets you to watch the anime series then great i think i want to try this if you love this if you love if you love the series you're gonna just want more jojo's and just in general so it does its job in that aspect uh you're supposed to say dio there 
Uh, but okay, yeah, but but fine. he's not in that part. It's Josuke Higashikata who is the man. He's got the dopest do around, and he's got a sweet stand. I don't even know what that means. Uh, no. I'm excited to watch this. As movie. in do, as in he's got a great hairdo. Okay. And uh, the stand is his uh, psychic ghost thing. That is his power. All right, you've uh, you've already lost a, me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Again, they explain it in the series, you know. Yeah, no, I got you, man. I got you. Uh, so interesting. Um, yeah, Kate, I don't know. Did you, what are your thoughts on some of the adaptations that we've listed here as good adaptations? What makes them work for you? Basically, that they didn't have to add or remove a like large large parts of the story okay um, so like with scott pilgrim you said that they they took out a lot of like extras a lot of redundancy a lot of things that yeah you basically just add in to fill out a comic not that they aren't valuable things to know or read but in a movie you take out a lot of or or you you miss a lot of like off-screen moments that are just things that emphasize stuff that we already know or um add a little bit more complexity to them and 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 in a movie you just don't need that much uh that much bulking out of ideas um largely because of the time the time constraint uh mm-hmm. but yeah i agree that the scott pilgrim was a really great adaptation um it it jumped from one moment of action to another moment of action um with with enough in between to create a story and to, to let, let us care about these characters. Um, mm-hmm. I Kill Giants was really great. That was really close to a, a one-to-one adaptation. I um, I personally have things that I missed in, in the movie, just some of the sure. nuance that was in the comic book. But um, the moment, like all of the individual moments were, were, were there, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And then the old guard again. That's another one. They did add a subplot to the old guard that I think is more for the benefit of creating a second movie. And I haven't read the sure. second volume yet, so I don't know if they they were pulling things out of that volume into the first movie. But largely, for the most part, the old guard was a one to one adaptation, and it had all the moments that I loved from the book in it. Um, yeah, same. So yeah, yeah. Well, I mean. There's there's probably more to say about this, probably more to go into. So we'd love to hear what you folks out there have to say, if you disagree with us or if you agree with us um, one way or another. Um, and, you know, if you were a Patreon backer at the $10 tier, you can see our full show notes and you can know exactly what other movies were on our chopping block list. So um, since we didn't get to all of them. But, you know, I, I want to say, I guess uh, this is a really interesting discussion. Uh, maybe we'll revisit it in the future next time I have you and Renee on, Kate. Um, we can... We can figure this out some other time or, you know, we could just just have this discussion in, in DMs. So um, I guess let's wrap things up here really quick. You know, you can follow us all on Twitter. You can follow Kate at Kate Elfier. You can follow Renee at Rodriguez 29 and you can follow me at Mike Rappin and I read comic books at IRCB podcast on Twitter and Instagram. The show is and our many subscriber only episodes are powered by fans like you on Patreon. Join now at patreon.com slash IRCB podcast. If you haven't already, please rate and review our show five stars and Apple podcasts spotify and wherever you listen to podcasts join us on discord at ircbpodcast.com slash discord and make sure to tell a friend or two 
about the show. Infinity Shred is the best band in the universe. They do all of our music. Xander is a very cool guy, a great GM, and he's also a wonderful editor. He edits the show. I want to say thank you to Renee and Kate for being on this episode with me. Thank you to Xander, and thank you to everyone out there who listens to the show. Without you, this show would not be possible. Um, And until next time, comics are good, and so are you. Mike, yeah, I was wondering if you ever for I don't know for ever one episode. Maybe it's a really campy episode, but you end the show like it's a PBS show where everybody like is, is just pretend that there's a camera, everyone's smiling and waving, and everybody uh-huh. says together, "Comics are good, and so are you." Like I mean, Mr. Rogers style. That would be that would be wonderful if we could get like at the end of every episode, we just do something like, and until next time, and then we as a group say. Comics, comics are, good. are good and, and so, so are you, you. like i, I feel like it so would bad. take a like i feel like we'd have to do a video stream to sing yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean if we get the cadence down eventually we could do yeah, it i think that would right. be really funny yeah i, I can't believe it. that we don't have a ircb t-shirt that says comics are good and so are you well you know what i we're if i just need someone to design it i don't want to just have a plain t-shirt i'd like to have something that looks cool mm-hmm. yeah so maybe if someone out there wants to design one i'll pay him i guess i you know it's fucked up I'm going to hit stop about this before I start. <laughs> <laughs>